Well, we continue in the season of Advent, this being the second Sunday in Advent, and inevitably you're going to run into this character, John the Baptist, in the course of Advent. And what John the Baptist says and the fact that he's the forerunner of Jesus, and he's prophesied about in the Old Testament. You know, he's the one that is this voice that Isaiah talks about, this voice in the wilderness. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And so, you know, when people begin to hear him, at least some of the people that would be familiar with the prophecies are saying, could he be telling us about the Messiah coming? And Mark's gospel right away launches right into John the Baptist. And if you think about it, that means that it's probably around the time that Jesus is 30 years old. The first 30 years of his life have gone by. That's the first verse, John the Baptist. It's all about John the Baptist. And so we don't have the nice stories that we do in the beginning of Luke's gospel, in the beginning of Matthew's gospel, the Christmas story that we're so used to hearing around this time of year. We jump right into John, who says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're right into it. And part of the reason is, is that because as the scriptures unfold in the different years, this year being the year of Mark's gospel, that's what you have. That's the way it is. You don't get those nice stories. You get John. And John comes with this message. But what's interesting is it's the same message Jesus begins with. Same message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Mark has this sense of urgency about getting the gospel down and getting the gospel out. And you see in his first chapter this word that recurs throughout his gospel. The word is immediate or immediately. In the first chapter of Mark, you see it four times. And you'll see it recur over and over and over again because he's trying to say, this is an urgent message for you. This is something you need to hear. Not only something you need to hear, this is something you need to respond to. And it's urgent for you to do so. It's the same message that you will see in the other Gospels. It's the same message that you will hear from Paul and from Peter and from John. You need to make a decision. You need to have your life transformed and changed. You need to understand who this Messiah is. And John the Baptist is the forerunner of that. And so we have this sense of the two sides of Advent. We have the good news of Jesus Christ, that he's come. That he's come to bring salvation. And John the Baptist is announcing that. But also that he's coming again. And that when he comes again, it's going to be to bring those who are his to himself and bring judgment. It's the same message that we see in the passage in Isaiah that announces John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. And so this urgency... You need to make a decision. You need to have your life transformed. And the message to everyone, in a sense, 
is that you're a short timer. You know what I mean? How many people understand what I mean by the term short timer? Most of you, right? If you're a short timer, for those of you that don't know, it means that wherever you are, whether it be in a job position or whether it be in a home that you're about to move from, you have this mentality of, I'm just about out of here. I'm about to move on. Something is going to happen very, very quickly, and your attention, your focus, your emotions are all changing in a different direction. And you're ready to move on because of that. You're a short timer. It's interesting. Kathy Phillips, our deacon, she, she has been with Global Teams forever. Member care or partner care, they called it. You know, she's, she was a short-timer with Global Teams this year, and she's passed the baton, by the way. She's now on the board. She's kind of, you know, moved on from her position. And her replacement is here, Susan Higgins, right here, visiting this Sunday. So that's what reminds me. She was just a short-timer with her ministry. You know, and at times, all of us are short-timers in different ways. It's interesting. I, was, I had a conversation with someone this, this past week, and it's probably one of the reasons my mind is in this direction. And this guy said to me, he said, so, you know, what's going on with you and your family and your position? And I said, well, you know, just celebrated my 25th anniversary at St. Luke's, and, and uh you know, about to have our first grandchild in March and everything. And he said, so are you thinking of retiring? And I said, I'll never retire. I said, you know, the reality is, is that I hope that when the grandchildren come along and they begin to have a memory that I'm going to cut down to maybe less time than I'm working now, maybe part time, but I'm not planning on retiring. You know, I don't plan on working as as many hours or as hard as I am, maybe five, six years, something like, I don't know. But I want to be involved in my children's life, my grandchildren's life, and I don't get weekends off, so it's hard for me to travel. So anyway, we were talking about this, and uh, he said, well, I'm going to retire, retire, and he told me in a little over four years. And so I thought he had stopped, and then he said, that's... 50 months. And I said, yeah. And then he said, and that's, what, what did he say, 2,600 weeks. And then I thought he was going to keep going, like, you know, hours and, you know, minutes and all. But, I mean, it's clear that he's already become a short timer because he's already counting the weeks and the months before he's finished. And he had a sense of, already beginning to move on. And see, that's what can happen in a variety of ways in our lives where we can get this sense of, you know, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore or I don't want to do this anymore or I'm out of here. I have a confession two weeks ago, two weeks ago, when I was wrapping up my sermon series on King David. Meredith and I were leaving literally right after church. You know, we had to get a quick bite to eat, pack up the car and leave for a week off. We were going to go visit our son, Daniel, down in Florida. 
And on the way, stop in and see her sister and her husband. And I was going to have a week off, and I was so ready. It's been a very busy fall, and I was getting a little tired. So I had to fight to stay focused on my final sermon for my sermon series because I was so out of here. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted to leave. I was ready. Play golf in Florida, you know, have some time off, see my son. You know, we hadn't seen the place that they bought in January because he got deployed almost right away. And I was like so ready to be with he and his wife. And, and it's hard to fight that. And yet I wanted to finish the sermon series well. And see, that's the battle. See, the battle is that we don't get complacent. Or that we don't quit, but that we finish well. That's the battle. I don't know how many of you remember, actually, more than two weeks ago when I was talking about David, King David. When he had grown complacent, he had conquered, he had become wealthy. And when he grew complacent and let his guard down in his relationship with the Lord, his kingdom fell apart, his family fell apart, his moral life fell apart, and he drifted. And it is so easy to get complacent in what matters in this life. What matters in this life is our relationship with the Lord. God wants us to take it so serious. He sent His Son to die on a cross in our place for our sin. That's why Jesus came the first time. Not so that we would treat life as mundane or be complacent about it. But rather, that we would live life to the fullest. I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Not to be complacent. Not to think, well, you know, I know all that stuff. I don't need to keep growing. You know, somehow we think when we get to a certain level or age at church that we've arrived and we know it all or we've done it all. You have never arrived until you see the Lord face to face after you've died. So there is no complacency when it comes to the significant relationships of this life. Beginning with our relationship with the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the whole of your being. And love your neighbor as yourself, beginning with your family. There is no complacency there. You constantly are seeking to grow. And pay attention to those significant relationships. And you don't let down. Because when you let down is when you get into problems. When you have challenges. When you sin. How many have grown complacent in their relationship with the Lord and don't spend time with Him? 
Worship is optional. Prayer time is optional. Being in His Word is optional. It's a relationship. And love always can grow. See, it can lead to actually quitting. We can quit. I'm out of here. In any relationship. We can stop showing up physically, emotionally, spiritually. You know, there's a famous phrase that people are using today. I'm so done. Have you heard that? I mean, there it is, right? You know, I'm so, I'm so done with that. I'm so done with you. We don't have that option, by the way. We don't. We don't have that option in terms of our relationship with the Lord. We don't have that option in terms of the people in our lives. We're called to forgive. We're called to work on those relationships. We don't have that option. We're not done in terms of serving the Lord. You know, the old been there, done that. Time for somebody else to do it. Wrong. There's no retirement either. You retire when you die. You don't quit. You finish well. That's the challenge. Nowhere in Scripture do you see that complacency is okay. Nowhere in Scripture do you see that quitting in our relationship with the Lord or with other people is okay. The relationships around us, the love that we're called to share, the forgiveness that we're called to offer. We're called to finish well. That's what Jesus did on the cross. It is finished. I did it. I accomplished all that you called me to, and I laid down my life for the people that I love. There you go. See, I want to finish well. I was in a conversation with someone a week or two ago, and she was talking about her mother-in-law in her 90s. And she said, this woman is such a godly woman. She goes to worship every Sunday. She's still in Bible study. She reads her Bible. She prays. But she said... In the last year or two, I'm ready to be with the Lord. I don't know why he doesn't take me. And this woman said to me, I don't know why the Lord hasn't taken her. And I said, well, we don't always understand the ways of the Lord. I said, but one thing I can tell you is she has shown you how to live and now she's showing you how to die. Because she hasn't quit.
She's finishing well. You know, we have a reminder frequently in our culture about being a short timer. It's called TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Every week, TGIF. I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm ready to go. It's weekend time. It's me time. Every week. You know, see, for me, that phrase really doesn't work because my Monday is Friday. You know? My Monday's, my Monday's Friday. My weekend's Thursday. So it's never really worked for me anyway. But I hear that, and I think, what are people saying when they say TGIF? See, for me... It should be T-G-I-S. Thank God it's Sunday. There you go. Or thank God for every day. See, T-G-I-F really is about I'm a short timer. Think about it. I'm so glad the weekend's coming when it's all about me, not all about serving, giving, working, whatever it is. When I can do what I want, it's my time. And so some people start to slack off. Some people quit early. Some people grow complacent about their work. They start playing cards or read a magazine or they're just logging time because they can't wait to get out of there. See, the TGIF mentality is about complacency or quitting. That's not the mentality that we want in our relationship with the Lord. The only good news about Friday is the Good Friday where Jesus died for us. Does the Lord want us to rest and find refreshment? Absolutely. But always with Him in mind because we find real rest with Him. We find real peace with him. And if we don't understand that, we're missing it. And we learn what gratefulness is all about when we know him. And that's why we can be thankful for every day, not just TGIF. You know, I really want you to just pause for a second. If you're one who likes to close your eyes, close your eyes. I just want you to think for a second. I'm going to read you two scriptures out of today's reading. And I want to read you a couple of additional scriptures. These two out of Isaiah. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. It reminds us that we are short timers. Surely the people are grass. But the word of God will stand forever. He is eternal. His word is eternal. We are meant to live for eternal things. Eternity. Not this life. We are short timers in this life. Compare this life to all of eternity. It's a short time. That's why we live for eternity. 
See, the Lord comes with might. His arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. In other words, when we have that relationship with him, it's reward. We're with him for all eternity. Love and joy and peace. But there's the other side. The judgment, the recompense. For those who don't choose him. And that's why Advent is about the first coming, the gift of Jesus. And the second coming, he will come, as we say in the creed, to judge. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom. That's the promise. That's the promise. Jesus' words later in Mark's gospel, toward the end of his ministry. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn. In other words, don't grow complacent. Or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to you all, keep awake. Keep awake. And finally, from Paul. Besides this, you know what time it is. How it is now the moment for you to wake from your sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone. The day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. See, that's the gift. That the light has come into the world. That's what we celebrate for Christmas. And that as we become his, we put on the armor of light and we live for him and we seek to finish well. So if you are going to be a short timer in this life, finish well. Let's pray. Lord, we're not called to live with fear or fretting as we face our mortality. But neither are we called to live with complacency. Lord, help us to first of all see the true gift of Christmas. That you sent your son Jesus Not only to be a model for us, but to die so that we might live and have eternal life. And that this world we recognize is fleeting. And that we are only passers-by, short-timers, compared with eternity with you. And that as we walk through the season of Advent, we recognize that there will be a second coming when you will come to judge the living and the dead and take those who are yours to yourself. Lord, I pray that every person here would know you as Savior and Lord, the reason you came that first Christmas. And Lord, that all of us would finish well to not be complacent ever, to love you and to love others. 
And Lord, that we would never quit or retire. But always seek to honor you and bless others. Until we see you face to face. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.